Welcome to the Todd Berry Podcast. Jake Vogelnest is my guest, writer formerly of Squirt TV on MTV and uh, Cable Access. And uh, it was really good to talk to him. I haven't talked to him in a long time. And uh, yeah, we catch up, but we, we reminisce and it's, I think it was a good one. Um, Todd Berry Podcast t-shirts are available, toddberry.com slash shirts and then uh you can hear my cat crying i hope oh it's breaking my heart i have to get to her in a second uh, i have tour dates some of them are rescheduled some are going to be rescheduled if you want to just glance at them at, on my website hopefully those will all happen right and we'll get out of this mess a little bit right that's how you'll know it we're good when i start doing shows again anyway we'll be right back with jake Fogelnest. Oh, Jake, what a night it's been, huh? We have been through a journey together <laughs> that, th- that the listeners don't even know about just to get to this moment. I feel like every podcast I do, I have to have this little chunk where I explain something that happened that was I a ju- fuck up. I just am impressed with like how much I turned into an IT guy with like very limited computer knowledge. Yeah, I mean... It- yeah, you, you kind of fix this little situation. Although I, uh, I'm the one who said maybe we should try a different network. Yeah, you it, honestly, you were the solution because what was happening <laughs> just to catch people up. Yeah, for about um, I, I would say about a half hour, uh, Todd and I <laughs> have been trying <laughs> to communicate, and uh, we used uh, several different uh, platforms. But he said Todd was Todd was the one who said, "Let me try switching to a different network." Oh man, that's so stressful. That's heroic. Now I was, I was going to say heroic, but uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. You at the end of the day, you saved the day. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I was looking for. I'm going to hang up now. Um, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so we were talking um, on the on the on the three minutes we talked. Yeah. Where we, we talked about how you're working on a writing project. You can't talk about it. it's for Prestige TV Network. <laughs> Yeah, I say yes. I we were talking about just sort of uh you know, it's a weird time. It's a weird time and like yeah. um it's it, it's only in the last sort of 2 weeks that I feel like I've gotten into a routine of like some sort of version of like normalcy of like all right, I know how to I all right, I, even though going to the supermarket is terrifying, sometimes yeah. I need to go. I put yeah. the mask on, you know, and 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 it just gets done. And you know, but the idea of like, first of all, I lost a couple of people to to this thing, and and oh I, man, so, I'm sorry. Oh, it's, it's 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 horrible, but but it's awful. It's you know, you're in the center of it in New York City. That's why I, I, I'm just so happy to talk to you and. Here, uh, I listened to you with like Moon. Uh, oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, which was which was a delight, and I and I was you know just thinking of of, of you because the last time I saw you, first of all, you were one of my favorite people. I know you for. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, I I think we know each other for twenty five years. I know. Isn't that crazy? Because like there are yeah, I just that's such a long time. It's an insane long time, but I met you at. Bef- like before Luna Lounge, there, oh, was, yeah. there was Rebar. That's when I met I, you. Oh, you met me at Rebar. My God. I met you at Rebar. And, uh, and, um, Do you know, yeah. The Luna Lounge, I guess a lot of you nerds know that it was sort of the epicenter of the, uh, New York. I hate to use this term, alt comedy scene. It was so funny because somebody, um, the other day, uploaded a video of some bit that had happened at Luna Lounge. Uh, it was like John Benjamin, Sharpling, Walsh. I was, I'm in the video and I got to see video of Luna Lounge now. And I, it, and it really sh- 
seeing how small the room was uh, yeah. was sh- was honestly shocking. And also seeing the bit that w- we were doing, which was uh, Matt Walsh coming in and introducing like uh, an improv group of like 50 people while Marin was hosting. I was just like, oh, this is a nightmare. And Marin's owed an apology. And like... <laughs> I had like notes on the bit from 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun fucking time, man. It was, yeah, it was. God. But that's that's where that's how far back yeah. we go. Um, and 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 I think of you often. I was so happy the last time I saw you. Um, was one of your, you know, you come to Los Angeles. I'm in Los Angeles. You come to Los yeah. Angeles, and I was just so happy to Somebody see to you see in your LA. party. Yeah, secret party. The secret Let's party. Let's not reveal whose party. No, it was. no, 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 no. It's for people that know. It's the part. It's the it's the roof party, and people know they know. And if they don't, they're that's fine. Okay? okay. But I was so happy to see you there because, like, in New York, I feel like I would run into you on the street once every three weeks. You yeah. Would, yeah, I would run into you a lot because, and and you'd end always be how's Natasha. It would be the oh, first yeah, thing. I, mean, I think I thought it was where's Natasha. Yeah, where's Nat- yeah, where's Natasha? Where's Natasha? Did I meet uh we're talking about Natasha Leone? What yes. did I meet you through her or I would I would bet so, yeah. No, no, I would bet you met um Natasha through me. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. You met I think that you which would lead to you asking me every time, where's Natasha? <laughs> And there was a period. There was a period of time uh, that I can now honestly say uh, uh, now. And Natasha's like still like the closest thing I have to a, a sibling. Um, but there was a, tier, a period of time you would say, "Where's Natasha?" And I go, "I don't know." Uh, but she, everyone's all better now. <laughs> Actually, thriving. Yeah, and, she's doing great. Yeah. Um, uh, is she out there now? Uh, yes, she is uh, here. You know, she was getting ready. Uh, ooh, I don't know what I'm supposed to talk about or not. I mean, I don't think it's no secret that her sh- uh, show was renewed for a second season. They were getting ready to start shooting. And, yeah. um, you know, they can't right now because, um, it, you know, it would not be a good idea to be running around the streets of New York filming a TV show. So um, she's out here. And I think maybe it's kind of good because it gives her extra time to work on it or maybe it's bad because it gives her more time to worry about it. But, you know, they'll get back up and running and, and, um, and, you know, as will, I think everybody else, I hopefully. Yeah. But, but I was saying, you know, it's gotta be, you know, difficult for you. I'm really, you know, feeling for you because like your job is to go, you know, to Hattiesburg, Virginia. See, this is how much I'm a fan. Oh my God, nice tie-in. Okay. <laughs> so every it's weekend, Mississippi, by the way, it's not Virginia. Is it? It's 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 Hattie's. Uh, it's, I'm sorry, that's that's my fault. I I I read it, and I think I listened to the audiobook. Um, oh my God. No, actually, Todd. Like within the last six months, I have pulled up like something from one of your old albums and like played it for my girlfriend. Like she is uh, w- like knows that like, I'm like, oh, you, you've never heard this Todd Berry bit. You have to hear this. And I think it was uh, probably, <laughs> probably like a, like a super old bit, like about Fugazi. Like, Oh yeah. That's a classic, a classic Todd Berry joke. Who's your girlfriend? Am I allowed to ask? I didn't know um, you had a girlfriend. My girlfriend. Yes, I have a girlfriend. She is um, uh, a civilian. She is yeah. not. She's she. Yes, she's uh, she's in the other room uh, playing Animal Crossing, <laughs> and uh, and uh, she's uh, just a, a lovely person, civilian. What, can I ask what she does, or is that terse? Uh, she is. Uh, she, she does um, uh, copy editing and writing and illustration. She is not in the business. Okay, how'd you meet someone who wasn't in the business? Um, we met on. Uh, a dating app. Um, Raya? N- you know what? Not Raya. And this is a question I had for you. Does I was on Raya and I'm off it. I've been off it for years now. But does Todd Berry use any dating app besides Raya? Oh, um, I may or may not, but I find them uh, 
that's very weird because it's just like it's hard to uh, it's hard for me to just start a conversation with someone based on a picture knowing a no. picture like, yeah yeah other, no. you feel like you write how's it going and then you're like oh miss that's a rare, rare original line it's like well that is what i would say to you though yeah gonna- you want to be like uh, uh uh polite and stuff no it's a it's a completely um insane situation where uh yeah no we met in an app it was uh you know just uh i don't think anybody was looking for something uh serious and fast forward you know three years and like you know holy shit we're three in years love. we're in love yeah yeah you know that's great I, it's it's sort of like you know i i'm not one to uh it's not a secret but we're not that couple i think there's one photo of us uh, on on uh, instagram we're, I, I, we're i'm not that person anyway to you know um uh, talk about like, uh, you know, my personal life, but yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm sorry if I, no, but it, but it's the nature of like the times that we're in. It's just like, I'm not going to ignore the fact that like, yeah, there's somebody in the other room (laughs) right now, (laughs) you know, you could have kept it it a secret. I wouldn't be like, Hey, is there someone in your room right now? I needed Todd Berry to know that I have a girlfriend. That's what it was. That's what it's really about. Yeah. Last time I had one, I made sure people knew about it. Yeah. <laughs> you actually <laughs> – you know what? I'm going to stop myself. You're going to uh, insult me? No, I said, no I'm going I'm to stop from insulting myself actually. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Don't insult yourself. Let yeah. me do that. Yeah, um, exactly. Now, I tried to do some research on you even though I know you. And I noticed I went to jakefogelnest.com. Did you ever own that? Because that's for sale. That way. <laughs> I think I let it lapse. Do you, know what it, you want to know the price? I'll tell you the price. <laughs> so is it up for sale at a price? It's up for sale for you ready? Or do you want to guess or you want me to tell you? I, I'm going to – I can't imagine. I imagine it's not that expensive. Um, it's on sale. There's, it's, I think they knocked like $100 off. For one thousand seven hundred ninety-five dollars. Okay, I'm not paying that. I have it. I'm not paying it um, <laughs> because I don't really need a website. And oh my god, you're the best person to talk to about this because, like, um, I completely like you are someone to me that throughout the past decade has done social media. Perfectly. Oh, like, thank you. You have like I don't know what your relationship to it is, you know, like personally, uh, but like you seem to have like just the best. First of all, you're just funny. You just have like the best attitude about it. Um, I had a complete like thing where I needed to reevaluate my relationship to social media, uh-huh. like and and it was like a really great healthy thing that i did and 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 it it, i i so recommend it but i don't think that you had those kind of like issues i think like you've always just been like very um like uh yourself i feel like you can put it down um and you can take it or leave it um am i right is yeah i think the key to making twitter work is not to interact with people. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I just unless, unless you're like you a know friend, them. yeah, unless you're a friend of mine, you yeah. know. Um, I I'm not like I'm seriously not reading what you have to say. Like it's 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 at that point, and uh, and it's been that were way you, for a long time. What was the main problem? Were you fighting with people or? No, the problem was this. I I went and I looked and I said, oh my god. I have tweeted, uh, I don't know, 30,000 times. <laughs> yeah. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? Um, and, and this was before, like, uh, anything had happened with, you know, uh, the director, James Gunn. Um, I, this was an exercise I did for myself. I said, I'm going to go through every single one of these tweets, and I want to see how many of them are, are valid. And I, I sort of like set rules for myself. I said, like, if I'm to tweet something, I've talked about this uh, before. Like at first, but my first question I ask is, do I need to weigh in? 
Uh, is my voice so important right. that I need to weigh in on this? And nine times out of 10, the answer is no. And then secondly, um, can I use this for anything else? Yeah, that's my number one. That's, the, that's the, the, the test I do if, if I think of a tweet. Of like, can I put this in my act? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, then it goes in the act and I then don't it, tweet it. Then it goes in the act. It's like, why am I going to give away you know, right. something for free to a company whose ethics I don't particularly like? It doesn't yeah. make sense. And then the third thing is like, is this um, promoting something or helping somebody or uh, something positive that I want to be on the internet forever? And I went through all, like all these tweets and I found, you know what? Hey, that uh, tweet from the Oscars in uh, in two thousand nine. Um, not there was nothing controversial. There was nothing. It just was like that's a weak joke that has no relevance today. Um, <laughs> it does not need to be on the internet forever. And I actually just like um, and, and it and it, I and I was actually not to pat myself on the back, but I was like sort of like oh, there's nothing problematic here. I think like. Um, I, I just, by nature, that's not my type of humor or not in my personality to be kind of like, uh, mean spirited or, you know, use there's, it's just sort of like, there's just certain words that were in major motion pictures that we wouldn't use, uh, today, you know, <laughs> that we did 10 years ago. Um, but, but it, there was none of that. And then the day that, like whatever James, I know I got the job back and he's, uh, I'm sure he's, I, I've met him once or twice. Nice guy. I don't know him well, but the day that he got fired, I remember I was like in a car and um, I got like a bunch of texts and a bunch of emails uh, from friends that said, Hey, that thing where you deleted your tweets, how did you do that? And I was like very confused. I was like, why is everybody asking me about this now? And then I went to like a lunch with somebody and then I came out of lunch and then I saw, oh, that's why people want to know how to delete their tweets. They're like, what, what, how did they know you deleted them? Did you talk about it publicly? I, I, no, I, I talked about it with, with some friends um, and, and uh, yeah, mostly with friends. And, and I, uh, I think this is, it's like no secret, like, it, somebody can tell like, Hey, that guy had 30,000 tweets. Now he's right. got like 6,000. I was like, and, and by the way, if you see any that should be deleted, let me know if they, if they I like the people that, yeah, that take a screen grab of a typo. And like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I've done it where it like, like a minute transpires between me making a typo, deleting and posting it with the corrected version. And someone writes, oh, I got, I got you. Like, oh yeah, you fuck, you got me. Who is that person? Like, who? It's, it's, yeah, there's some fucking. Uh, yeah, the it, correctors are the ones that drive me, among others. The little like asterisk and uh, and then the, your misspelled word or something, and I, and the I, your it, your people drive me fucking crazy. The little like, it's it's just like logging into like like oh let me see there's a there's a thing on my phone that i can log into where all of a sudden a bunch of people i don't want to talk to have immediate access to me i don't need that you know right. but but occasionally uh i have something to promote or i have a, a a thought that is just for like me and john daly we did this dumb like a dumb music video oh you know? i was gonna ask you about that Go yeah ahead. Yeah, so that was like John and I had that idea for like it's like one of those ideas you have with a friend for like years. And then, you know, last year we were like, let's just do it. Let's just make it. And we made it and and then we edited it. And John's got a bigger thing that he's putting together with music and stuff. And then, you know, this coronavirus thing hit and we were like, this is aggressively stupid and might be fun to just give out to people right now. And I watched um, that thing uh, many times, and it's fucking. It made me cry, laugh. Oh man, that means so much. Uh, it was. Uh, it's like it just on so many levels. For those of you who don't know, there's like a was it a shot by shot remake of Start Me Up, <laughs> but it's called Cheer Me Up. Yeah, <laughs> like the idea, of like in 2020. You're going to <laughs> Start me up is fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Barely changed the lyrics is right. fucking hilarious. And then, <laughs> I don't want to ruin it. I mean, it's not yeah. really like a spoiler situation, but it's yeah. just so 
fucking stupid that yeah, it's, it's just, people should go in knowing if they haven't seen it that it is that it is a painstaking shot for shot remake of the rolling stones <laughs> music video for Star me up and i think we honestly spent more time making it than the rolling stones actually did making the start me up video how long did, how long did it take you to make that honestly we shot for like maybe four or five hours like we were oh, really? that. Yeah, the the fun part about that was um, um, calling, you know, I guess guess it was LA Casting or Central Casting and finding, you know, people to be the Rolling Stones. Yeah, that band is the the fucking, uh, just the the choices you made are really good. We just, and and we we were very much like like upfront we're like here's the deal and like you know we talked to everybody before everybody knew what they were doing we didn't want to do anything that like we were making fun of anybody or like could be mean-spirited and that group of actors were like so excited and had so much fun we, it was just like a fun couple of hours and then now it, it I, the, yeah the response was overwhelming and like you liking it like i know john will be thrilled too it was just like oh don't tell john i complimented no uh, i already did i <laughs> think you did yeah no um, but a, a todd berry compliment goes a, a long way yeah it, that made me laugh hard oh, um thanks, man what uh <laughs> so you when did you think of this idea so literally six years ago. So I was, I was, I think I was working a funnier die at the time. And, uh, John was in the, in the office, you know, and I, I said to him, uh, and another guy, Danny Jelinek was in the office. He's a great director, uh, uh, really brilliant director. He's like done children's hospital, a bunch of stuff people have seen. And, uh, I was like, John, I think you should do a shot for shot remake of the Rolling Stones music video for start me up. And he's like, yeah. And then we, and we should just change one lyric. Like I was like, yeah. And it should just be. And and then I think John or I said, cheer me up. And we talked about this. Like we gotta, we gotta make that for no joke, like six years. And then (laughs) one day John texted me and, and was just like, let's like really do it. And then we did, we just, just did. Um, so you made this pre-pandemic, though, right? Yeah, we shot it like last, like maybe like in like maybe November or something of 2019, and then you know we uh, finished it, the, edit, the editing up. Uh, you know, it was just kind of like something we were working on in the background. Um, and uh, John has more crazy things coming, but this was this was sort of like just fun to draw. It was just yeah, like, fun was, to, like was, make something. I want to, it, made, it inspired me, although it, I haven't done anything, but it makes me want to make a big stupid video. Um, now's the time, you know, like now's the time to like, and especially if you figure, if you can figure out like a way to monetize it even better, but also, or if it can raise money for charity, but th- this was just like, nah, this is just going up on uh on 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 all the social media things, you know. Did any, did uh did the Rolling Stones find out about it? I haven't heard back from the from <laughs> the Stones, but I mean, I'm uh, glad they, they seem like they. I mean, maybe they would. I don't know what if they're litigious, but you, I feel like there'd be a thing like. I think we fall under parody. Like, yeah, it's, it's very. Yeah, it's definitely parody. You're right, but you did and, use a yeah. shit well. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Well, yeah. But I'll tell you this. I don't know. I. I one time shared an elevator with Keith Richards. Um, oh, really? Yeah, and I um, uh, just stood silently, uh, just like, okay, that's Keith Richards. I'm in an elevator with Keith Richards. And where I was guess, this? Uh, this was when I was working at Sirius XM, and uh, you know, it, it was not the craziest thing to you know share an elevator yeah. with somebody. You know, there were so many people coming in and out of those elevators because uh, there's like, you know, they have like something like 8,000 radio stations. But Would I just, know? I didn't say a word to him. That was one where I was speechless. I, uh, I, I'm sort of, are you a starstruck person? Usually not. That one I just sort of was like, yeah, do you, you don't bother, that? you don't bother Keith Richards. I did share an elevator with Iggy Pop and it was just me and him. And, to answer your question before you ask, he was not wearing a shirt. 
And I, I, seriously, and I felt comfortable. I said it was the best Iggy Pop interaction you could ask for. I said, "Hey, Ig, how you doing?" And he went, "Ah, uh, you know, man." Blah. And he was like a face in the elevator down. Is it serious also? <laughs> yeah, it's serious. And I, and I just said, have a good one, man. And he he walked off and I walked my separate way. And it was like, I got my Iggy Pop moment, you know? <laughs> yeah, I had, a, I had a good one. I don't know if I ever told you about this. It was in the East Village. This is, I don't know, 20 years ago, 18 years. And I'm walking and I, uh, I think I was going east on 6th Street. And I see Joe Strummer with a couple of people. Oh, wow. He's holding, he looked like he was just shopping or something, just roaming around. And I kind of, I was, I froze up a little bit. And then I made eye contact with him and I just nodded. Yeah. He went, went, hello. And that was it. That's all you need. Yeah. That would do it. good for him. That's the whole train, you know, rather than stopping him and. Yeah, I think I think like a guy like that, like Joe Strummer, like I always think about like Paul McCartney is really good at being Paul McCartney, you know, yeah. and get, he knows what it means for someone. He gives them their moment and he moves and then he moves on. Like, um, did you ever I, I feel very lucky, like I never um, uh, uh, even saw Lou Reed on the street in New York or David oh. Bowie. Um, I, I never saw them. And, uh, so it, which is good. Cause I feel like, you know, being the person that I am and starting so young, like I was like 14 when I started doing, I guess, show business yeah. or whatever. And like, I'm not often starstruck. So to have like Lou Reed and David Bowie is like, you know, I'm never going to meet them. Like I, I, to have some rock star, kind of heroes I think is really important, you know? And, uh, did you ever run into those guys or even see them? Um, I actually weirdly, David Bowie lived a few, well, maybe a good six minute walk from me, Yeah, but it's pretty easy. I think to be David Bowie and not probably do a lot of grocery shopping and stuff. (laughs) So I didn't didn't ever ran it. Although I do know someone who worked at a bar and they said he came in alone once, which I thought I love when celebs are alone. Yeah, very interesting. Um, but I, I, yeah, I never saw him. I, I stood next to Lou Reed. Uh, this is kind of funny. There was a tribute to Lou Reed at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to be standing next to him. I mean, I guess I made a point of standing next to him, but I wasn't. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like a thing where I was like, oh, you know, he didn't know I was, if I made that choice, he didn't know it was just me standing next to him. But I got to watch him watch these bands play his songs. And oh, uh, wow. There was one where he turned to his friend or whoever he was with, and he just said, that was fucking awesome. Oh, that's great. So I told the band. But I also, I watched someone who had like a silly dog with a silly collar, and they just kind of handed him a dog to take a <clears> picture. And like, come on, man. Yeah, He's nah. watching a tribute to himself, and you want to do this thing where, hey, I get people to hold my dog. But – I think I I, 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 I I hope I don't know who you're talking about, but who, regardless of who it is. Oh, I don't like, know. That, oh, I didn't know this person. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's just like, don't, 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 like, if there's one person I can, like, safely say I would never want to take a selfie with or have asked to, to like, yeah. it would be Lou Reed. Like, yeah, there are some people who, who I feel like are not they kind of radiate. I want to be left alone. And I feel like he's the thing about Lou Reed though, is like from what I kind of know of him, like there's like, it it could have been totally possible that he might've turned to you and been like, Hey, Todd Barry, I think you're really funny. Like that could have have happened. That didn't happen. But, but I think that it's only because he just had not, I think that what I'm saying is I think Lou Reed would have been a fan of yours. Oh, Okay. Well, I, that's cool. We'll never know, though, huh? I'm going to choose to go through life believing that Lou Reed was a fan. I might just uh, put like a pull quote. I'll make up a pull quote. I'll put it on my website. My favorite comic, Lou Reed. Uh, <laughs> but you, <laughs> but, but, uh, you, but I, I, you, you were. You have like that famous photo of like you very young with REM. Like, yeah, I do. Were you ever, 
were were you were you ever around like w- during the weird period of my life where I was hanging out with Michael Stipe a lot? No, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. For some, I just thought might it might be entirely possible that like that you, me, and Michael Stipe were together at some point. No, I, I've met him a couple of times. Um, He's a sweet guy. Yeah, he was nice. He uh, where did how how were you buddies with him? I don't know. I know I made I made fun of him on my old public access show, um, and then I think it was like. I met him at a party in New York. He came up to me. He's like, uh, you made fun of me. I was like, yep, I did. And we kind of became friendly. And um, when was uh, this? This would have been in the um, mid 90s. Uh, <laughs> so, like, probably right around the time I met you, you know? Uh-huh. Like, to me, there's one specific night that, like, I can point to in my life where I, um, I was doing the public access show. It was not, uh, uh like I did this public access show when I was a teenager and right. then it Score became, TV, right? Score TV, yeah, it became, uh, an MTV show. And if I was smart right now, what I would do is I would release uh, some of it and, uh, 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 make some money. Uh, and I might do that, but I did this public access show. I became sort of like this cult hit in New York city and then I remember I was like, I was like 15 years old. I was, I went up to Saturday Night Live because the Beastie Boys were mm-hmm. the musical guests and they, they wanted to meet me. So I was summoned by the Beastie Boys to come hang out at SNL. And um, Janine was in the cast at that time. And I was slated to interview her because uh, uh, I had made it known like on my public access show that I was a fan of hers. I was like slated to interview her for like Ray Gun magazine in a week. So I'm at SNL. Janine says hello to me. I meet the BC boys for the first time. And then it's the after party at like one in the morning. And I just remember like being like, oh, I'm being accepted into a world here. And I was in physical pain in my stomach because it was just so overwhelming. Uh, and just being around, being around the Beastie boys, being around the Beastie boys, Saturday night live, like Sandler, yeah. like being like, ah, yeah, there's this, you, you score TV kid. Like all these people knowing who I was and thinking I was some sort of talent and, and like, yes, you can sit down with us. We want to talk to you. And like, you're, and, and it being very, very overwhelming. Uh, yeah. Cause, cause I was a child, you know? Um, and I, I, I point to that, that night and it was whatever night in 1994 that, uh, or 95 that the Beastie Boys were the musical guests on uh, SNL. It was, so, it was crazy. So you became friends with Stike, like you would go eat and stuff. Yes, we would go to dinner. We Where would, would go- you? How old were you at the time? So with Stipe, that so I feel like I was around eight. I, that was a little bit later. I was like eighteen, nineteen, because yeah. it was like because what I distinctly remember is there was like one night with like Stipe, right? Like where I was at like a like a fancy place with Stipe, and then Horatio was across the street at like the ear in, right? And I said. Uh, I invited like Horatio uh, uh, Sands to like, Hey, come meet me and Michael at this thing. And Horatio came in and he was like, this is not my scene. He's like, I'm going to go to a bar across the street. And then I went and hung out uh, with Horatio and, and, and said goodbye to Michael and then went and hung with Horatio. And we became like, that's the night, like we decided to become friends, you know? And, um, and I, Horatio I, or you and Michael? Me and Horatio. Me and Horatio. Okay. And it's sort of like I, I sort of – and that's sort of when UCB theater – like I, I – it was like this like – Score TV was like this weird fluke that happened to me. I, I feel like I've gotten lucky twice in, in my life, like super lucky. Like Score TV, which is a fluke where a teenager with like raw talent – gets their like own show on MTV. Um, and then that's, that's pure luck. And then the second time I got lucky 
was the Upright Citizens Brigade coming to town in 96 saying, hi, we're from Chicago. We're the UCB. We're going to open up a theater. We're going to start teaching classes. We're going to get our own TV show. And New York City basically saying, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And making friends with those guys and getting to learn from those guys, but also find a group of like-minded people my age who also wanted to do the same thing at a very specific time when it was like truly like a hundred people in a tiny theater on 22nd street where you did, where you did one of the best shows. I was almost going to, I was almost going to email you like, do you have a tape of Icky? Cause I want to see it. I have shitty VHS somewhere buried, but I'd have to, Oh, I'm going to say it's a it's a long shot that I will dig this up just because I'm oversensitized, overwhelmed, and yeah, totally, totally, I totally get it. <laughs> I I it's only recently that I said, hey, if I don't transfer these like tapes of my old TV show, they might go away forever. Like I only I also have a bunch, yeah. yeah, I have a bunch of VHS tapes that are unlabeled, where I was just like, oh, I'll remember what was on that. It's, it's like fuck. Like, I don't even, oh. It's a, it's a, you know what? It's a fun day. I did it. It's a <laughs> really? fun day. Yeah. It's a really fun day to go through and go, holy shit, that's trash. Or holy shit. I forgot about this. This is the greatest thing ever. And then just, you know, capture it to the computer. It's a fun day. You, you just got to decide what day you want to do it. It's a mood, you know, yeah. that mood will strike you. And, um, but man, icky, I mean, talk about, I mean, that's a great example of you having like this perfect understanding of how the internet works, like, and like going into alt fan Conan O'Brien, the news group. And then should I tell people what Icky was? I mean, I think you should, because it's such a, uh, to me, I think it's one of the greatest, like one man shows ever. I'll give you this. I'll give you guys at home, the super, a woman, uh, there was a woman named Jean. I think she lived in, fuck, I forgot where she lived, Minneapolis. Anyway. She used to post in this news group, which was like a message board for a Conan O'Brien message board. And then she would do this thing, a weekly wrap up of, of the, uh, the guests and she would do best guest, worst guest. And she made me the worst guest of the week. She said, I had no charm, no wit and a personality that could only be described as icky. <laughs> so then I got rebooked on Conan three months later and I read that thing on the air knowing that she was going to watch it. So, and started insanity yeah. on the internet and people ending her, attacking her. And then I created a few fake names. I did a little trolling. It was so but, great. But then you, but then you built a one man show out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I turned it into a one man show and she actually came to see the show. Yeah. I remember, I remember, I think I was there the night that she came. Um, I was very nice to her. Yeah, it was it was such a it, it, like like when I think about I know UCB in New York just closed like like people have asked me about like how I feel about it and I'm like first of all I'm saving that for um, my uh, book that I'm going to be able to write and uh, get paid for so why should I like tell you um, but secondly um, the I you know it's so much different than it was 20 years ago like the last time I was actively involved like truly putting up a ucb show was probably in 2004 you know i popped in and done ASCAT and things from time to time but like you know it was like college for me so it's like i don't know what it is today you know i I, you know it's um it sucks that um new york city's losing a space um uh but also i feel like we went through that before 20 years ago and um you know i don't know i don't i don't really know you you were you were around it but you what's great about you is like i i remember you at you know like obviously at the cellar and like you were you i tried to be very agnostic about um comedy and like like that where you should do it and stuff well, just like, yeah, like the, the, like, this is alternative comedy. And like, I, I had problems with improv. Like I was the guy at UCB 
And I took a lot of flack for it, you know, at the time. It was like, I was like, yeah, I get it. It's an art form and everything. But you know what? What if we started to like, you know, write some of this stuff down, (laughs) make it better, and then like do actually crafted shows? I was sort of the guy who led the church there. Yeah, sort of for the younger, the first generation beyond. You're saying you uh, invented sketch comedy? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I invented sketch comedy. No, I'm saying that like, I definitely was like, I think I might've taught, I might've taught one of the first sketch classes, but I also was the person at, at like 17 years old who met Michael Showalter at a Starbucks, um, who was so nice to do this for me and like wrote like my terrible first sketches that I've, that I'd ever written. And Michael Showalter was so nice to meet me at the Starbucks on like Lafayette and like, uh, uh, you know, the one on, on Lafayette. Astor Place. Uh, yeah, no, not on Astor Place, the one next to uh, Balthazar. Were you, uh, before COVID? Oh, okay. oh, that, I imagine yeah. you would go there nightly. That's sort of a, a regular haunt. Um, I would go to Balthazar and then I go to the, I go to the Mud Club a lot. <laughs> Could you imagine if we, how great would it have been if we could have gone to the Mud Club? together i do enjoy your references sometimes because i feel like oh my god only me and four other people know what he's that's all about. i care about it's so that's literally all i care about i, like, truly... I think you made a kim fowley reference once and yeah tells oh my god well kim fowley i went and interviewed him so i, I went and interviewed him on his deathbed um, oh. th- yeah, this was before, like I knew some stuff, but I didn't know all the stuff and I talked to him about it and, uh, that's behind cause I did the, uh, a podcast for a while. That's behind the stitcher premium paywall. But, um, <laughs> if people want to hear me talk to Kim Fowley who just took complete, I let him completely take over. That was like, just like, let me go have a weird Los Angeles experience. But like. I sought that out, man. It was, it, it was, it's weird, dark stuff, but yeah, no, I, I like to do that. Like, um, uh, make references that I know you or John Worcester or like, if you get it great, if you don't, yeah, I, I feel don't like you, um, you mentioned Roxy music siren once, which I love that album. I it's, I, I think we've talked about this. Like, it's your. I think that's your favorite Roxy Music album, right? Yeah, I don't know their catalog inside and out, but I do love that album. Inside I do and too. Out. It's it, for me. It's like she sells is. Nightingale oh, like, is a fucking great song. It's great. So I also great. I yeah. almost feel like they're an example. I mean, we're shifting gears here, but that's all right. It's a podcast. They. Uh, I feel like they're an example of a s- successful, respected yet underappreciated band. Absolutely. Like they, I'm sure they have nice houses, or at least Brian Ferry probably does. And, yeah, I think Brian Ferry and certainly Brian Eno, who, you know, I mean, yeah, just from the amount of, you know, music he's produced and stuff. Like, I don't, I don't think those guys are, uh, you know, I don't think they have day jobs, you know? Right. But you I know? feel like they should be, uh, were they in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I don't know. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is so strange in like yeah. who they let in. It's like the monkey to me, the monkeys like Kiss are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, but the monkeys aren't. Really? Right. So like by that logic, like, like you could say, all right, the monkeys are a manufactured band. Okay. But is Kiss not a manufactured band? Like um, I mean, and, Kiss seems like I don't know a, a whole lot about the monkeys, but Kiss seems like a I mean, they're a very commercial band, but they do seem like so are the they got together the way of, I don't think like a yeah they weren't put them yeah, they weren't cast by like you yeah, know yeah. the guys who went on to later you know produce five easy pieces. Um, <laughs> they I think they started in Queens. Um, what are you watching on TV? Um, you, it's uh, honestly, it's I have been watching. Degrassi, <laughs> the, oh, really? uh, the it's like I know there's all this prestige. Like I wish I could say, oh yeah, I'm on like season three of Ozark. No, I've been watching a Canadian uh, teen show that um, I for some reason missed. I think because of my age, it just like I was too young for it uh, to have been like a show that I watched when I was little. I was too old for it, and I'm watching it, um, and now. 
like it started in 87, then they relaunched it in 2007. And, and I'm because of the uh, coronavirus, I'm up to season 11. Uh, <laughs> and we're talking like 22, sometimes 44 episode seasons. Yeah. I've been watching more shit than I've not shit in a bad way, but more stuff, more content yeah. than I've watched in my life. Not even mm-hmm. close. I burned through every episode of Better Call Saul, which is really good. Have you seen? Like, that? I, I have to get caught up on it. Like oh the first two seasons, it's br- it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's just like it's just yeah. one of those things where you're like, oh, they can they can make good TV. I mean, I I guess I'm a little. It's, it's been years since I've said I hate TV because there's so much good stuff on. Even yeah, you you well, it's because you know for so long we were in the business of broadcasting. You know, even with all the cable channels, like you had to get a certain amount of people to watch for it to, you know, uh, and, and that number was big. And now it's, you know, we live in a world of neurocasting and it just has to make enough financial sense and enough people have to watch it by some sort of arbitrary measure that may not necessarily be Nielsen ratings, but it allows the, you know, you know, it's, the freedom for people to tell deeper stories. It's made television a lot harder to write. Um, I just like this. Sometimes I watch something like that, and I imagine like if I had turned in their best script, you know, ten years ago, like yeah. it would have been in the garbage. It'd be shredded. I mean, it would be. It's it would be too like oh this is too smart. Well, it's like I you know read that like you know the uh, Safdie brothers did like two hundred and sixty drafts of uncut gems. And, uh, you know, that's like, I have so much respect for that, you know? I got a story about them, by the way. Those guys are, I, I through Tom, uh, what is your Safety brother story? Oh, it's just a few months ago, I, I went out on a, my only, I think the only internet date I've been on. And at the end, I left and we went our separate ways after mm-hmm. a huge argument. No, we didn't have a huge argument. And then I just <laughs> went to, I went to Little Frankie's. In the East Village. Oh yeah, so good, so good. And it was like midnight. I was like, "I can fucking just eat alone." And I eat, and I kind of turn around, and I see Adam Sandler sitting there, like four feet from me. Mm-hmm. So we, I kind of nodded and smiled because he—I know him a little bit. Yeah, you know, yeah, of I course, sure. So I, I said, "Hey, man," and I kind of reintroduced myself. And they—he was sitting with them, and they had just did a screening. And oh they, wow! Uh, so, I was, but I hadn't seen the movie yet. But I did tell them that I auditioned for it, which I did. But, but oh I feel kind god, of, uh, yeah, you would have fit right. Yeah, you're. I love when you pop like pop up in things like, uh, uh, like you know, the wrestler, obviously. But um, I was in that. I didn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a movie together. We are. We're in an Amy Heckerling movie. Which one, loser or vamps? Vamps. We're both in vamps. You're in vamps. I play myself. Alicia Silverstone is watching a, a TV show where some uh, annoying idiot comments on like the eighties, and yeah. um, she's watching me. And like I shot it for Amy Heckerling. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and so you you have the bigger part, but I'm I I'm in the yeah, like I I act like. Once every once in a while, I don't like acting. I'm not comfortable doing it, and um, no. it it does not make me comfortable. I um, but I I did it um, not too long ago. I I did an episode of Glow. Um, really? Yeah, they um, asked me to play like a like a DJ interviewing the wrestlers, and I read the sides and stuff, and I was like who do I know like that? Like, and I was like, I think I can do this. And, um, um, and I went in and, uh, uh, I got the part and, and, um, it was, uh, so much fun. I was really glad I did it. And then I was really glad I did not have to wake up the next morning and do it again. Cause it was so short. Oh, it was one day, yeah. yeah. Just a day. But it was like, I got the script. I was like, Oh, well this isn't, this is cuttable. No problem. And then I get the full script and I go, Oh my God, this is the cold open to the season finale of season two that sets up. Oh, the that's entire, cool, man. It's an entirely uncuttable scene. And I called Natasha in a panic and I was like, Hey, uh, how do you act? <laughs> and she was just like, just don't just memorize your lines. And, uh, I did and stuff, but like, uh, no, the, the, the Safdie brothers are, uh, brilliant. I don't know them, but Tom told me that, um, 
where co-writer uh, uh, Ronnie uh, uh, Ronstein had like sent me a message on Instagram, and like I didn't get it. Like it was in some oh. weird me- thing. Sure enough, I went back, and there was this like the nicest message from that guy. Uh, and we've been emailing back and forth and he's been sending me like the best stuff, like Jerry Lewis during the Percocet years from like the Jerry Lewis telethon. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, you're, you're my kind of person. But, uh, he's your new Stipe. Yeah. He's my new Stipe now, <laughs> but like, do you talk most, to Stipe anymore? Back to Stipe. Do you talk to Stipe anymore? I haven't, I haven't talked to Michael Stipe in forever. Like, I, I think if we ran into each other, it would be like, Hey, how are you? But no, I haven't seen him. It's like, I feel like what happened was like, I got, I found my people. I found my people at, you know, UCB and Luna and like, just said, okay, if I like, that's great that I had this little public access show, but yeah, if I want to have any kind of like career long term, I kind of really need to learn how to do this, and this is where I'm gonna do that and learn to fail and practice and get good and you know, whatever your 10,000 hours. And you know, I went back and like read old journals that I'd kept from that time thinking like, Oh, it's just going to be a lot about like drinking and everything. And it was like, no, it's actually a lot about us staying up till two o'clock in the morning to like get some sketch show that like, if we were lucky, you know, a hundred people saw, you know, and uh, it was, you know, and, and, and it's kind of amazing. I feel like there's like a hundred of us that like all started together, all do this for a living some have gotten super successful, but everybody, yeah. you know, but everybody like works and somehow miraculously, like the friendships have stayed intact, right. you know? Yeah. And there, like, it's nice to, it is nice to have sort of like a deeply rooted friendship as opposed to like, oh, you're famous and now I want to hang out with you. Yeah. Just there's like, I like it. Oh, you became famous, but I was, I already approved of you before you were famous. Now it's just extra good. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I'm shallow, man. (laughs) Um, I guess we should, uh, Oh, I was going to ask you, what, what were you not, you want to, were you nominated for a WGA award? I saw that on your, I got nominated for a a WGA award and I got nominated for two Emmys last year. And it was a utter, complete shock and surprise. Um, I did this thing with Will Ferrell um, and Molly Shannon and uh, Andrew Steele and uh, uh, jo- another writer, Jocelyn Richard, uh, who's great. And we did the, the um, Will wanted to do the Rose Parade. He wanted to do uh, the, you know, cover the Rose Parade as these characters that, that he, and Molly created Cord Hosenbeck and Tish Cadigan. And um, we did it for Amazon. And then um, it confused a bunch of people. A bunch of people <laughs> tuned in thinking, oh, this is just going to be cover coverage of the uh, of the Rose Parade. And uh, and they didn't recognize that, like, it was Will Ferrell in a bald cap. And, you know, they were like, why don't they stop talking? And we wrote a parade, you know, that was okay. totally scripted. And then... Then that led into us doing the royal wedding, where Molly and Will flew to, uh, uh, you know, cover the royal wedding, and um, and then yeah, those got nominated for like Emmys um, with the Astros. Great thing. Did, is that something you? Was that like scripted over the actual parade or? Yeah, we. It was like me and Andrew Steele. Um, had to figure out how to write a parade. We were given these big binders of like, um, and we did it. We did it uh, another year too. We've done it two two years. We took a, a break this year because it was just too too much going on. Uh, uh, but um, we were given this big binder of like, here is every marching band. Here is every float. Here is every um, cavalry of horses um, and information about who these groups are that participate in the Rose Parade. And we took that binder and used that as a guide 
to put into prompter stuff for Will and Molly. And then we had actually tried to get them nominated for, it was for a daytime Emmy because it aired during the day. We did it live uh, in the morning. And Who did you do it for? Like, what network was it? So it was Amazon, um, and then HBO, uh, and then the last one we did um, just on YouTube, um, just to make it for free for everybody. So that was on YouTube, and um, and uh, but yeah, no, out of nowhere. So what we tried to do is we tried to get um, Molly and Will nominated in character. And um, the joke was on us because we got nominated. Me, Andrew Steele, and uh, Jocelyn Richard got nominated for outstanding writing for a like variety special uh, WGA award and then two Emmy awards. It was um, we lost to um, Ellen DeGeneres, obviously, for the Emmys, and uh, and Ed Helms. So you went to the Emmys. Um, the Creative Arts Daytime okay. Emmys, which you was like a T-shirt to this, right? It, let me tell you something. It's it's the funniest thing in the world because it's like going to the Emmys, but you don't recognize anybody because it's all people that work in daytime television. So yeah. um, I don't drink, but my friends got hammered and me and my girlfriend went and it was just um, ridiculous. It was like some sort of Osmond hosted it and literally sang, this could be the start of something big with like no irony and there were 600 categories, um, but an Emmy is an Emmy. It's not. It's yeah. not like a local Emmy. You know what I mean? It's no, not like no, a, no. one of those like local news Emmys. But like, I, it, it's like I was very surprised. It was. Um, I was sitting in, and I got a text. I was sitting in in my house, and I got a text saying we're nominated. I was like, oh, that's so great that Will and Molly got nominated. And and it was like, no, 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 you, you're nominated. That's cool. It, it was cool. It Did, was cool. um, and what was the WGA award? That was for the uh, yeah for the Rose Parade, which okay. was which was oh, honestly, were, the Emmy was for that as well. Yeah, the Emmy was for that as well. That was and that was the WGA award okay. was really cool because that was them acknowledging like like people thought um, we wrote it in such a way that it would look like inane banter that two hosts would do. Uh, during like the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade and um, right. the, the writers guild acknowledging that like, no, that inane banter was carefully written to time. Like me and Andrew Steele stayed up till like one o'clock in the morning, like trimming. Cause we had overwritten like staying in a, in a trailer, you know, till one in the morning, yeah. you know, and then we had to be back by like four to, it was like getting to do, a mini version of Saturday Night Live All Stars or something. That sounds it's, cool. Oh, it was so much fun. Is a uh, high, career highlight. Well, Jake, Todd, I think we're we're about. This was good. This turned out to be good. Oh, not um, that I. I mean, I knew you would be good, but we were having technical difficulties. Yeah, no. We, we had um, probably the worst technical difficulties ever. Um, but I'm just so happy to talk to you. Like, even yeah, like man. not like if this was not podcasted or recorded. Like, I you are just always one of my favorite people. I Thanks, like. I, I think of New York, and um, you know, there's there's a couple people that. I miss, and you're one of them. I, and and, and uh, I, uh, it was. It's good. To, it's just good to, to talk to you. And if people were entertained, as I imagine they were, because you're charismatic, I know how to do yeah, it. Man. Talk, I'm talk thing. You, this you, is my wheelhouse. Yeah, this is your wheelhouse. Do you have and anything I, you want to plug? Absolutely nothing right now. Okay. Just, just literally nothing. If people want to follow my Instagram. I, I I try to do something once a day on Instagram for fun. That's the social right. media that I like. Uh, I, I put some care into. Uh, I got nothing to plug, Todd. I'm just like uh, blissfully. Just a simple man. I'm a simple man um, in development um, and happy. I'm. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll I'll text you what I'm doing. I can't tell you. On I don't the think stand. you have my phone number, actually. I actually but. don't think I have your phone number, which is strange. But you have mine, and you, yeah, you can email it to me. But uh, no, I only have your email. I don't think I have your phone number. Yeah. We, would, we, could, we could text. We could sort this out. Yeah, yeah. we could sort this out. 
We could without test. people listening to this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast. I spent the last ten minutes saying, "Oh, you don't have my number." I think you do have my number. <laughs> All right, Jake. Thanks for doing this, man. Oh man, a pleasure. Thanks, Todd. I hope to talk to you soon. All right, bye. Bye. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. All right, I hope you enjoyed that talk with Jake Fogelnest. The Todd Berry Podcast is brought to you by Starburns Audio. Go to starburns.audio for all their other podcasts, some of which are very good, I believe. I basically just confess to not listening to any of them. This podcast is engineered and mixed by uh, Jessica Gutierrez. And uh, thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Starbanks Audio, a podcast network.